Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi there, welcome to Ireland's Birth Stories, a podcast where women can share their experiences with pregnancy and birth, a space created solely for women to share their experiences from start to finish without feeling shy about the details. In this episode, I chat to Jen and she talks me through her three pregnancies and births. Jen decided to employ a doula who supported her throughout her pregnancy and also in the hospital environment where she gave birth to her first daughter. She then welcomed her second daughter, Juno, after a very swift arrival on the M50. And she talks us through her final birth, which is the birth of her son, Bill, who was born at home after she desired a home birth ever since her first pregnancy. So she talks us through all those details. So thanks a million, Jen, for popping on to tell us your birth stories. If you just want to start by giving us a little introduction. Yeah, thanks a million. Um, so my name is Jen. Uh, I have a little business called birthandbaby.ie and I uh, I live just on the Dublin Meath border. So I just clung on to my Dublin roots uh, when we moved there a few years back. Um, I have three children. So I have a six-year-old, a four-year-old and an 11-month-old. Um, I'm a primary school teacher by trade. So I have worked at that for years far too many years and um, more years than I care to remember um, and but this year I am focusing completely on my my business uh, so I am a voluntary Quidju breastfeeding counsellor so I'm a breastfeeding counsellor with uh, the Irish parenting charity Quidju um, I am training to become an antenatal teacher with Antenatal Ireland that's a, a sister branch of Quidju uh, I'm a baby massage instructor and I'm a baby yoga teacher so that's oh, what brilliant. I'm doing yeah so that's where I'm at at the moment uh, alongside parenting three smallies so yeah yeah that's me so do you want to just talk us through your first pregnancy then was your first pregnancy planned yeah it was planned and um, she was almost a honeymoon baby um didn't quite make the honeymoon so the month after um and yeah she was perfect pregnancy everything was very straightforward uh really enjoyed it loved loved every moment of it yeah did you decide to go private semi-private or public so I decided to go public uh, and that was something that I had, like I put a lot of thought into that. Well, we put a lot of thought into that. 
And then I decided to go public because I wanted, I decided to put our money into hiring a doula. Um, so I figured that semi-private, you know, that I didn't think that there'd be that much difference between semi-private and public. Um, and I didn't want consultant-led care. I wanted more midwife-led care. So I thought that okay. public with a doula thrown in for good measure would give me a good, uh, a good experience. And so had you done your um, research to come to that decision that you wanted midwife-led care rather than consultant-led care? Yeah, I did. I kind of, I just had, I suppose from family members and that I just had a, a good, I had good like faith in myself and my ability to birth my baby. Um, I didn't, I wanted something care that was more, less medical and more kind of woman centered um and obviously I was very open if I needed more medical care that you know that I would take that but I just wanted to begin anyway with the more midwife led women woman centered approach yeah yeah yeah. that's great actually on your first pregnancy to have that confidence because a lot of us don't don't have that so it's brilliant yeah 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 it was good um and yeah I was lucky enough I I started out like going to my my usual antenatal appointments and all that kind of stuff and uh after after a while uh, somebody said to me you know you can just ask to be transferred to the midwives clinic and I was like what I didn't even know that that was a thing I didn't I didn't really know that that was a thing and so I requested to be transferred to the midwives and that just happened straight away and that really changed my whole experience like my kind of antenatal experience it was much uh I just had more time with the midwives and it was more you know they they just had more time for me do you want to just we would just skip on ahead then to what your first signs of labor were yeah so um first signs of labor so I remember I was 40 plus one and that like extra day nearly killed me so I (laughs) um I remember walking around pushing a trolley around Duns thinking I cannot do this anymore I cannot walk around (laughs) like this anymore the pressure was so intense um and that night actually that day I should have known that day I had a massive big cry in the car um I think I heard a song or something and I was just so emotional uh and that evening went home had dinner and I just got a niggly niggly period pain I suppose and it just progressed from there I we had a pool at home so our plan was for me to labor at home for as long as possible Uh, so we had a pool at home and yeah things kind of yeah, things kind of ramped up a bit but it was manageable enough I uh, like looking back I definitely went into a bit of panic mode even though okay. I've done like I did the whole gentle birth thing I did all of that but um I suppose I overrode that a bit like I started ringing people like I was you know I rang my mom and I rang um started ringing people ridiculously and uh, obviously that's not the way to keep yourself nice and calm and chilled out and you know mm-hmm. uh, so yeah I kind of went into a little bit of panic mode there was definitely a little bit of fear there um, and my husband started filling or started blowing up the pool so you know typical man he was like yeah I have a job to do and he was completely focused on that and I was like oh <laughs> I'm kind of left to my own devices here and I'm a bit scared I don't know what to be doing and he was like I have to get the pool up. 
So it was kind of, it was a funny kind of situation looking back at it. Um, we both kind of went our own separate ways, yeah. doing, our jo- doing our jobs. Um, whereas in fact, we should have probably just chilled out. I, I kind of, I was really anxious about, for some reason, I was anxious about rush hour in the morning. And I didn't want to be going into the hospital in rush hour and trying to get into the city. We were living at Do- in Donabate on the north side at that time. So thoughts of get, you know, getting through the port tunnel and stuff. So having chatted with our doula, she was like, you know, why, will we make a plan to go into hospital? And she was like, you can go home. You know, it's no big deal. You can go home. But I knew in my head that once I went into hospital at around that time, that I wasn't going to come home because I didn't want to, again, I was very concerned about the traffic for some reason. Yeah. Um, no, well, naturally it would be. You just you don't want to be stuck yeah. there. First time, mum, you don't know how long things are going to take, and mm. you know, um, and yeah. So we went in. I think we met her in at the hospital at around three a.m. And yeah. so your role of your doula at this stage, why? What what was she doing up until you got to this stage in your labour? So in the weeks, um, to, was she helping you prepare? Yeah, she was. So we had had a couple of sessions with her where she had come out to the apartment and she had, you know, just talked about, uh, talked about birth, had kind of uh, normalized some of the stuff, had talked through our birth preferences with us, uh, helped us with that. She was very, very reassuring, very positive voice in my ear, which was lovely. Mm. Uh, I came from, I come from a family where my mum didn't have hugely positive experiences in birth. She had a very kind of traditional um, medicalized births and, you know, would have had, I suppose, a degree of trauma around that. So I would have had a lot of negativity coming my way in terms of birth talk. Um, So it was lovely to have my doula's kind of voice of you know, you can do it. We're meant to do this. Um, you know, very positive affirmations coming my way from my doula. Yeah. So and it was lovely as well to facing into the labor, knowing that we would have uh, somebody else to talk things through with in terms of like making the decision to go into hospital and all that kind of stuff. So, okay. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd built a relationship then at this point. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. So then when you got into hospital, um, did they examine you? Yeah, so we got into hospital. I remember bursting into tears when I saw my doula. I think it was like relief slash fear slash what the heck is going on? Um, and yeah, we Mark went to park the car. We went up and they examined me. And I remember saying to the midwife who examined me, please don't rupture my membranes. And she, she jumped back from me um, and she said, what? And I said, when you're examining me, please don't rupture my membranes. And she went, oh, do you have, do you have birth preferences? And I said, yes, I do. And she said, let's read those first. So um, I was really glad that I said that. Uh, So she went through the birth preferences and was reassuring about that. And then she examined me. And to be honest with you, I can't remember what I was on admission. I think I was probably around two or three centimetres, probably two centimetres, I was told. Um, so I was, I was directed to the, I don't know what the, word, what the ward is called, but basically that kind of pre-labour holding ward. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that a lot of us have experienced. So I was sent there, lots of women there in all different stages of waiting for labor, in labor. Uh, and I don't really, I don't really remember a huge amount about that period. I remember the surges were really intense, like it was very intense and there wasn't a huge amount of break in between the surges, which I was kind of surprised about. I had expected a bit of a break in between. My doula is a homeopath, so she gave me some remedies at that point. I was using the TENS and... Um, How did yeah, you find just, the TENS machine? I found it, it was definitely a distraction. Um, I, d I don't think that it I don't think I found it very useful in terms of comfort. Um, I haven't used it since on any of my subsequent pregnancies okay. or not pregnancies, births. Um, but I would. I know some people absolutely love them. Some people swear by them. But I, I wasn't a huge fan of it. But I kept it on. <laughs> I was going to do anything yeah. that I possibly could. Um, and I was up and down to the toilet a good few times. So my doula was there. She was encouraging me, come on, let's like walk to the toilet. She was really encouraging me to be as active as possible and to move around as much as I could, which was great. Yeah. And so what were your preferences? I don't think I've touched on those. Yeah. So my preferences um, for anywhere, I didn't want um, artificial rupturing of my membrane. So I didn't want my waters broken uh, without... Yeah, I just didn't want that, um, especially upon admission. Uh, I wanted to avoid CTG, so I didn't want to be hooked up to a trace uh, for if I could at all avoid it. Um, I wanted to, I think most of my, a lot of my preferences were actually more about when the baby was born. So okay. I was very focused on that, you know, that kind of just at birth kind of moment uh, so there was like preferences in terms of skin to skin mm -hmm. breastfeeding to breastfeed her was my preference delayed cord clamping uh, for mark to tell me the sex of the baby that was one that we wrote down that some people are like what that's mad but it was one of our one thing that i just thought was a special thing for him to yeah. do um and yeah, I can't remember the other bits, but yeah, they were, jet I was very focused on the baby's arrival and the baby not so focused on myself. Yeah. And did you feel having that preference and the fact that it was read, that was really comforting then knowing that that, that part was done? It was, um, I, it was, I, I, I think I felt a little bit of maybe, um, animosity. I don't know if that's the right word. Okay. Um, from, certainly one of the midwives who I uh who I dealt with um she was a little bit dismissive of my preferences um I felt that was just okay. my my feelings on that um but it was you know it was good to have it and it was very good for me I I, I was really glad that when I arrived in that I said please don't rupture my membranes because I know that that's something that um in certain maternity hospitals can happen and so was your doula moving about with you then? Like, was she able to go to the bathroom and the shower and stuff with you? So we went into the shower. It was brilliant having her there because um, I don't know if things have changed, but seven years ago, partners were not allowed into the showers. Mm. I was the only one in the shower room, uh, but partners weren't allowed in. So I would have had to go in on my own. 
um, if I didn't have her with me, but she was there, which was brilliant. And she came in and kind of, there was a little stool in the shower. And I remember doing a lot of, I would sit down when the surge um, came and then I would stand up when the surge went. So I didn't know it at the time, but I was doing a lot of squatting. Mm, um, yeah, fair play to you. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know it, but it was just like what my body needed yeah. to do. And she was kind of hosing me down with the shower and keeping me nice and warm. And we were in there for two hours. I didn't realize, but we were okay. in there for a good two hours. Um, and the midwives kept knocking on the door saying, we need to examine her. We need her out here. We need to examine her. <laughs> and uh, my doula kept saying, yeah, no. Oh, she's trying to get her pants on. Oh, no. Oh no, she's had another surge. She can't get her pants on. <laughs> she was delaying. She was delaying yeah. it. Um, and that bought me another couple of hours. So when I came out and they did examine me, they're like, right, you're ready to go to the labor ward. Okay. Um, so that, you know, time spell in the shower was brilliant. Uh, per Mark was outside the shower cubicle, like sitting on a chair and people were walking up and down going, oh my God, listen to your one in there. So then you went into the delivery suite and how did things go in there? Went into the delivery suite um, and yeah, things were fine. I tried the birthing stool at that point and I tried gas and air. So I tried the Entinox and I found the Entinox good, but it was more that I just felt it kind of out of it. Um, really, really lovely midwives in there, actually. And um, so I tried the birthing stool. And then after a good stint on the birthing stool, I just was like, I, I need the epidural. I just can't do this. Um, and I just had it in my head, like, I don't know how long, longer, how much longer this is going to go on for. And I don't. I don't want it to get to a point where I can't manage it. So I, um, I decided that I, you know, I wanted the epidural. And I remember saying, I know the risks, I know the benefits, I'm making an informed decision, <laughs> I want the epidural. And uh, everyone was like, that's fine, that's grand, but we need to break your waters before that happens. Um, and I was, at that stage, I was like, that's fine, do whatever you need to do. Um, so I, they needed a, a urine sample from me at that point um, before they gave me the epidural. And the, but it wasn't an ensuite room that I was in. So I had to walk down through the labour ward um, to the toilet. And while I was in sitting on the toilet, my waters went, okay. which was great. So they didn't yeah. have to um, rupture my membranes as it happened. Again, that kind of, you know, squatting movement, getting down on the toilet, like that really worked in my favor. Um, so I, my waters went, it was, they were fine, went back up to the room and the anesthetist arrived and gave me the epidural and uh, it didn't work. It worked on one side. So I had kind of partial relief on one side and it didn't really work on the other side. Uh, so they helped me to roll over onto one side to the other side to try and get it to flow into the other space I suppose um, and then it did start to work which was great and that was that was actually a lovely moment of the birth I it was the first kind of time that I I, ha I took a breather that I relaxed and I allowed myself to relax and I remember at that point Mark uh 
took out one of the scripts, so one of the gentle birth scripts, and read that to me. And it was the morning time, the light was shining in the window, and it just felt really peaceful and calm. And I was very relieved that the epidural was working. And <laughs> it was the first time that I'd probably been able to hear anybody because my hearing yeah. tends to go in labor. Um, so that was it. Yes, yeah, so the ep- epidural was in. And then after being examined, then after a few hours, probably I was told, you know, you're 10 cent- centimeters, you're ready to push. Uh, but I couldn't feel anything. Couldn't. I didn't know what I was doing. Like I couldn't feel the pusher. I had no sensation whatsoever. Um, so it was very much coached pushing, uh, which was, that was one of my preferences. Actually, I didn't want to do coached pushing or purple pushing. Um, but because I couldn't feel anything with the epidural, that's what I felt like I had to do. Um, so there was a lot of coached pushing um, and after a while, I don't know if I was pushing for that long, maybe half an hour, maybe not even maybe. Um, the midwife who I had, was lo- who was lovely, walked out of the room and came back in and said, oh, we need to get, uh, I'm not going to name the name, but we need to get so-and-so in, who's another, who was, I think she was the manager at the time, the labour board manager. Um, because you know we want the baby isn't coming down or whatever whatever it was I can't remember and I was like okay that's fine uh, and this woman came in and she clapped her hands and she said okay my name is whatever her name was and I'm going to get this baby out of you I am brought in to get babies out and I oh I was really taken aback by her manner um, <clears throat> so she started coaching me very aggressively um and there was a lot of screaming and shouting and I want you she I remember her screaming at me saying I want you to imagine that baby hitting that wall over there and I I at that stage I was like I don't want my baby to be born into this I so like so I actually kind of probably wasn't pushing because I was so afraid I suppose I was so taken aback by that language um just imagine your doula there beside you my doula was there beside me at that stage yeah yeah she couldn't speak on my behalf you know she that's not a a doula's role um and then that particular midwife went left the room came back in again with a doctor and said um now you're not really trying hard enough um, and, you know, the doctor's here, the doctor's ready to give you an episiotomy. So you need to start trying now. Uh, and the doctor came in, he did, they didn't have gloves on. They were not ready to give me an yeah. episiotomy, but they were, they were the muscle that were brought in to, I suppose, intimidate me. At this stage, by the way, the baby was fine. Like the baby, there was no indication that she was in any way distressed. Um, and they, so the doctor stood at the end of the bed, kind of with their arms crossed, looking, <laughs> looking at me. And I was like, I have to get this baby out. So I pushed and I pushed and I pushed and she arrived. Um, and I don't remember a huge amount. I remember her coming up 
onto my tummy and I remember that midwife saying I told you I'd get her out (laughs) and well done and I told you I get her I get the babies out in this hospital and um I was just so happy that she'd arrived and she was on my chest I remember her doing a big wee on me (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and being like oh she's she's so beautiful and excuse me Mark told me the sexo mark told me that it was a girl um, and then yeah so we had that kind of bit of skin to skin i think quite briefly and then they gave me the um the injection to make the placenta come um so it was that i always get them confused the symptom symptometrine or yeah the one that makes you sick basically that's another thing i had in my birth preferences but i was given the one that i didn't want um, and as soon as I got that, I started vomiting. Uh, so I had to hand the baby over to Mark and I was vomiting uncontrollably. Um, and yeah, so that was, so she was taken away. She was, she was measured, weighed, I suppose. And they did the kind of newborn checks and her Mark stayed with her. Um, and that was it. So yeah, it was not the birth that I'd hoped for. Um, I was very lucky in that I had my doula available to me to help me debrief on that experience. Mm -hmm. And she came, you know, came to our house afterwards and, you know, she was able to frame things in a different light for me. So So we'll move on to your second pregnancy. So was your second pregnancy planned as well? Yeah, second pregnancy was planned. I think it was more of a, oh, you know, God, you know, we could, God, we could have another baby. And then we did. (laughs) And so it wasn't a a completely conscious decision, but we were both very happy to discover that I was pregnant. Um, Annie was one. Uh, So it was quite, you know, they were both both quite close in age. So yeah, it was, it was, we were delighted to be expecting again. And how was your pregnancy? Was it similar to the first? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, similar to the first. I did enjoy it. Obviously, it's very different uh, when you have a toddler that you're running around after. And so the energy levels probably weren't as high as they could have been. But yeah, it was fine. I didn't suffer from any real sickness or, you know, it was all pretty straightforward. Yeah. And did you go down the same route then? So did you go um, down the midwife care route? Yeah. So at that stage, we... um, we were moving, so we were looking to buy a house and we had decided to, while we were looking for a house, we had sold our place. So we were moving in with my mom and dad. So I had always wanted a home birth. I'd all, on my first pregnancy as well, I had hoped for a home birth, but because I had asthma, I was ruled out of it um, at the time. And so I kind of, on my second, I was like, oh God, like a home birth. But then we were gonna be living with my mom and dad and I just, I didn't know where we were going to be living. Uh, so I decided, no, let's just go for the hospital route. And also because I'd had the epidural on my first and I had found the first label neighbor quite intense. I was like, I might need the epidural. I hope I don't, but I, I'd like the, the reassurance of knowing that that was available yeah. to me. So I didn't want to go back to the same hospital because I just didn't really have a great experience there. So I decided to go to the coom. Uh, so I had... Uh, I was, I was very happy with the coom. I have to say I was straight into the midwives clinic because I knew to ask this time. So as soon as I'd had my, oh, was it my 20 weeks? So, so the abnormal, uh, oh, I can't say it. <laughs> that scan, the 20 week scan. Um, it's too late at night. Uh, I 
moved, I uh, requested to be moved onto the midwives clinic. So I didn't actually even have to go into the coom for my visits. I went to one of their clinics in Lucan and it was really oh, good. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, really liked that. Um, so it was very straightforward and sure, I'd hardly had a minute to think about the baby or the pregnancy because I was so busy running after number one. You so. don't, like you're pregnant no. and then all of a sudden you're about to give birth. <laughs> yeah, it's out. yeah, I know, it's very quick. Yeah, yeah. yeah crazy. Yeah. And so um, do you want to talk to me about that then? So what was your first sign of labour? Yeah, so I had, um, I I woke up on the morning of my due date, actually. So I woke up at, I opened my eyes at 8 a.m. And I had a little pain and I was like, oh, wow, this baby is really prompt. And um, very similar to my first, so a little pain. And I remember lying in the bed going, okay, I, you know, last time I went into a tizzy, this time I am not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just lay there, made sure that there was some more pains coming. They were very manageable, like nice big gaps in between. Uh, woke up, Mark told him, I think, you know, I think things are stirring. This is a good sign. So we just decided, had made a little plan to kind of, uh, have a normal day we just you know it was a Saturday which was nice so he was off work and we just we had a toddler so it was like right business as usual you know let's just have a nice day and see what comes of this day and um, yeah. so we did like had breakfast we brought Annie to feed the ducks um, and the pains were like the the surges were that they were coming um, but there was nice rests in between they weren't I wasn't having to focus on them they were just there you know, nothing, nothing too intense at that stage. So it was really nice. Um, and because we were living at home as well, I suppose I had none of the worry of le- of like, who's going to mind the baby or who's going to oh, yeah, you know that different. handover, which was lovely. So that really reassured me. Um, and I remember my sister-in-law dropped over for a cup of tea. I don't know why. Oh my, yeah, I do remember why my, my dad wasn't there that night. And my niece was coming over to help my mum, my and Danny. So my sister-in-law dropped her over and I remember saying to her, uh, I'm, you know, I'm going to try and avoid the epidural this time. Like I really want to avoid it this time. And she was like, oh God, you're mad. Why would you do that? (laughs) And I just had this kind of quiet confidence. I just felt like it was going to be different we put Annie to bed. That was really emotional for me. So she like had her bath and then we put her to bed and I remember going in to give her a kiss goodnight. And I had this moment of, oh, in the morning, you're not going to be my baby anymore. And it was just, oh, it was super emotional. Um, and I remember like kissing her goodnight and closing the door and just feeling a little bit heartbroken. Um, over the fact that she wasn't going to be my baby anymore and that there would be a new baby imminently. Uh, So I think once she kind of went down, things kind of started to ramp up a little bit then at that stage. So um, we we had a lovely plan. So I had a few episodes. I think it was Downton Abbey at the time that I'd stashed and I was like, I'm going to watch Downton and it's going to be lovely. So um, I stuck on Downton. Mark went off and got me my favorite takeaway. Um, and he came back and we had like, God love him. He watched Downton Abbey with me. Like if ever there was love, that, that is yeah. it. Um, we rang the hospital and said you know I'm in labor and this is the story and they were like yeah no sounds like you've a good few hours to go yet and we were like yeah that's fine and I really wanted to use the pool in the coom 
Yeah. Um, and I said, is the pool free? And they were like, we have a lady in it now, but it should be free by the time you're coming in. And I was like, well, you know, just, just know that I'm coming in. And like, I'd love to use the pool. And they were like, yeah, that's fine. At one stage, I remember Mark, I think he maybe went down to give my mom an update or maybe he went out to the loo or something. And when he came back, I was like, don't leave me again. Please don't leave me. I can't, you cannot leave me. And I was standing up at that stage. I stood up and he was like, that's fine. I won't leave you again. And I was like, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I can't do it. And I had a total wobble, like a total wobble. And he, I had taught him my affirmations. So I had like, I had drilled him on the affirmations. And also I had remembered from my first labor that I go a bit deaf when I'm in labor. I can't hear properly. So I had said to him, when I say something to you, you need to look like get me to look at you and say okay <laughs> i hear you because i i felt frustrated in my in anani's labor that i thought he couldn't hear me or i thought he wasn't listening to me so i needed that kind of like yes chef kind of thing you know yeah. so he really super responsive to me and it was great that i was able to tell him that that like i won't be able to hear you properly so you really need to make sure that i hear you um so he was like, he just turned around to me and was like, he was like, it's fine. You're doing this. You are doing this. And just, you can do anything for a minute. And he started telling me my affirmations and he was using a really slow, loud, clear voice. So I could hear him and I could understand him. And it was like a switch clicked in my head. And I went, yes, I am doing this. Oh, it was amazing. like, yeah. it was just a real I, I can't describe it. I felt really powerful all of a sudden. And I was like, I am doing this. Um, and looking back, that was transition. So I, and at that point, when I had that kind of light bulb moment, things really ramped up. And I, we decided that we would need to go to the hospital. And um, I kind of pulled on my tracksuit bottoms and I got one shoe on and then I had to hop back onto all fours on the bed and then I got the other shoe on and then I had to hop back onto all fours. So that will kind of show you the kind of time that we were working on at that point. Got down the stairs and my mom was there and she was all emotional because, you know, like she was seeing me for the first time, I suppose, in labour. And she was all like, oh, good luck. And I'll be thinking of you and wanting to give me a hug and a kiss. And I was like... I need to get out of here. I need to go. Um, and I got as far as the front door. And I remember leaning my head on the front door and saying to myself, this is bigger than me. Uh, and then I, I walked around to the car, got to the car door, had another massive surge. And I said to Mark, this baby is coming. <laughs> And I got into the car and I was like, this is bigger than me. This is bigger than me, Mark. I can't control this. Um, and I had the urge to push. Right. And at that stage, I was like, okay, my waters are going to go. This is what, you know, my waters went. I had this urgency before on my first labor. My waters are going to go and then things are going to slow down a bit. Like, this is, this is fine. We're going get, to get into hospital. And uh, so Mark, we took off, Mark rang the hospital. And at that stage, I think I had one foot on the dashboard. And thank God I had asked Mark to take um, Annie's car seat out of the car. So I was able to kind of push the seat back as far as it would go. And I had one foot up. I just needed a foot up. Um, and I, 
He rang the hospital and he said, uh, my wife's a labor on our way in. And I think. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. They heard me on the speakerphone and they were like, okay, don't delay. So we were making our way onto the M50. Uh, we were just on the coming onto the ramp onto the M50 and I like the urge to push was insane. My body was just pushing. Like I, I it was completely involuntary. Um, and I, my waters went, my waters broke. And I was okay. like, great. Okay, now things are going to ease up a bit. And then I was like, oh my God, the baby is coming out pull in <laughs> and Mark was like what and I was like just pull in and ring the emergency services ring an ambulance this baby is going to be born uh, and he was like okay okay so we literally pulled onto the M50 and um, he pulled into the hard shoulder just before Ikea and um, before that Ikea exit there was like yeah. a, a decent hard shoulder there he rang the emergency services and I remember the responder going, okay, um, so you need to turn up the heat mark. Jennifer, are you, are you, can you hear me? And I was like, yes, I can. And he was like, okay, so you need to turn up the heat. The help is on the way. He was so reassuring. And at that stage, I was like, this baby is coming. And I felt really calm. I don't know what it was, but I just, I had at one moment of Jesus I can't believe I'm going to give birth in the car. In the car. <laughs> but I was also like, it's okay. We've got this. Like we've, we've got this. And, and you're doing it without the epidural. 
I didn't have the epidural, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I was delighted. Um, and not that there's anything wrong with the epidural, but I just, it was one of this the things This is what I you wanted, wanted. yeah. Yeah. The emergency responder said, you know, can you put down the back of the seat? And I was like, it's down. I put the back of the seat down. Um, and he, I remember him saying to Mark, Mark, can you check to see, can you feel anything? Can you feel the baby's head? So Mark's like trying to get my tracksuit bottoms down. And he was like, yeah, I think I can feel something. I think I can feel something. Yeah. And I was like, I'm turning over. And the emergency responder was like, don't turn over. Please don't turn over. And I was like, I am turning over. I just have to be on all fours. It was just primitive. Um, so I got myself onto all fours. Thank God the, the back of the car seat was down. So I, you know, it was kind of horizontal so I could could get onto all fours it was actually kind of comfortable mm. um, and at that stage I could see flashing lights so I was like okay there's somebody coming uh, there's help coming uh, the the passenger seat door was open and so was the back seat door so kind of my all the doors on my side of the car were open um, and the paramedics arrived and I I remember them saying hello to me and reassuring me um and I remember feeling somebody's hand on what I thought was the baby's head it probably was the baby's head as the baby crowned uh and I had in when I was expecting the baby I was I, I am part of a like an October mums group and one of the mums who uh who I met in one of our meetups had had her first baby on the side of the road. And I had thought that this was amazing and kind of hilarious. And her husband had tried to push the baby back in. So I had that in my head, like, oh God, <laughs> don't push the baby back in. And obviously the paramedic wasn't trying to push the baby back in. They were just had their hand there supporting the baby's head as it emerged. And, but I was like, do not push that baby's head back in. I was <laughs> screaming at them. And I was like, don't. I thought it was Mark. I thought it was Mark doing it. And I was like, Mark, don't push the baby's head back in. Please don't. And Mark was like, Jen, I'm beside you. And his head was like here beside my head. <laughs> Looking in through like the back passenger door. I was like, oh, okay. And the paramedic was like, it's okay. We're just supporting the baby's head as it's coming out. It's okay. It's fine. We're not going to push the baby's head back in. It's just coming really fast. And I was like, okay, okay. Um, and I remember feeling that, you know, that ring of fire that people talk about. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, that really burns. Um but I knew when I felt that, you know, that burning sensation, I was like, this is the baby coming. Like, this is the worst of it. This is the baby's head coming out. Um, and I was just breathing, 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 breathing. I was holding on to the, um, the top of the passenger seat. And I think I was possibly biting uh, the headrest. And uh, the baby's head was born. And uh, then in a whoosh, her body came out and she... Mm -hmm somersaulted kind of down towards the foot well I hear obviously I didn't I didn't see this and um, but she kind of somersaulted down and the paramedic caught her and um, she came out in such a hurry and paramedic caught her and me bossy boots I was like don't cut the cord delayed cord clamping please don't cut the cord so and focused please, Jen <laughs> please let my 
Mark tell me what it is. Don't don't tell me it's sex. Let Mark tell me. <laughs> and the, and, and it, obviously I was like, is she? Is it okay? Is it okay? And they were like, it's fine, it's fine. And um, so they 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 were holding the baby. I was on all fours. Mark was like, I think it's a girl because so he got to tell me the sex. So we got to continue on that yeah. tradition. Um, and the paramedics at that stage thought that I'd had a big bleed. So okay. it got a bit serious then. And it, bearing in mind, it was very dark in the car. Um, and they thought that there was a massive big gush of blood after I'd had her. In fact, it was the rest of the water is coming because um, you know, the wa- bit of waters came, her head came out so fast that kind of plugged the rest of the waters and then it all came together in a big whoosh. So they uh, became quite concerned about me and they wanted to transfer the two of us into the ambulance as soon as. So they kind of helped me to actually at that stage, they they cut the cord. So Mark actually cut the cord. So he got to cut the cord as well. So that was another one of our birth preferences that he managed to achieve at the side of the road. Yeah. Um, and they were just in a hurry to get me into the ambulance. So they took the baby in ahead of me. And then they, uh, I, I, think, I think I was stretchered into the ambulance. I can't remember. I think I was, I don't remember walking and I think I was stretchered in. Um, and I got into the ambulance and they, uh, they were lovely like the paramedics were so nice and I, I was like what's your what's your name because I sure never got your name and um we were having chats and the baby um Finbar uh was one of the paramedics and he was holding her and he I I was in so much shock to be honest with you I could hardly even look at her I remember her being wrapped in a towel and I could see her little purple feet sticking out and just being like I can't believe that that just happened and I remember saying a few times, can I do skin to skin with her? Can I, can I just do skin to skin? Because I want to, I'll warm her up. And they were like, you're really cold and she's quite cold. And we think you've had a massive bleed. So it's safer for us to hold her. I think they were concerned that I might drop her. Yeah. Um, and at that stage, they just didn't know whether I'd had that big bleed or not. So I remember making a few kind of attempts of, please, can I hold her? Please, please give her to me. And they were like, listen, we know we, we're so sorry, but we just don't want um, you to get very unwell and for her, you know, for anything to happen to her. And I, I totally got that. So Mark at that stage um, was kind of had a chat with one of the one of the guys who attended one of the fire brigade guys I think and they kind of made sure that he was safe and okay together enough to get into the car and follow us to the hospital and so we all took off I was in the ambulance and we were just having chats and I remember the paramedic saying like oh these are the best we love doing this because they were like you know tonight we had to go to somebody who like jumped who was drunk and jumped off a balcony and some other guy who fell out of a tree and stupid you know alcohol related incidences and then we come out to see a baby being born and they were like these are the really good things that we get to see and and they were like you know we'll be so happy like now like going back to back to the station and uh so yeah that was that was granted I was at that stage I was kind of having pains I was kind of feeling like the the um placenta was going to come and they kind of took off so they put on the lights and they just were like let's just get into the hospital quickly now and they took off 
And little did I know that poor Mark was behind the ambulance and we were like coasting away, you know, no lights on. It was all very calm. And the next thing they put the lights on and took off. And Mark was like, oh my God, something has happened. happened like he thought that, yeah, he thought that something had happened to one of us and they took off in a direction that he wasn't familiar with. So he had to drive his own route to the hospital and he was panicking at that stage. Um, and anyway, so I, we were fine. We were having the crack in the back of the ambulance and uh, they brought us, brought us into the hospital. And I remember when we were wheeled in, uh, somebody, one of the porters or something said to me, oh, did you have the baby in the car park? And I was like, no, on the M50. Landed and how was Mark when he arrived? Yeah, he was good. I think he was just a bit kind of shocked and shaken. Yeah. And uh, the, ba- the baby at that stage was under the lights and she was under like heat lamps, just warming her up. And Mark, I was like, just you go over to the baby. You just stay with the baby. Mm. Um, and yeah, so that was that was that. I just, it was amazing. It felt like superwoman. So again, though, I just, I felt so empowered. I had uh, a bit of a, a bit of a run in with one of the registrars um she she was just quite rough examining me um and I felt I didn't I really didn't like her manner like she was very much like just stay still you know and I was like I'm just I'm really sorry but I'm a bit tender down there you know um and she was yeah she was just a bit curt with me and not very nice and um kept saying you know I think you have a serious tear and the midwives had checked me and they were like you're fine you're fine you know they were so reassuring about it um and with her because I felt like a superwoman I was like here listen will you just back off I was like give me a minute you just just give me a minute please it's sore and um that was lovely to be able to I felt empowered you know I felt like I just did that don't mess with me now like seriously um so I ended up actually after having given birth in the M50 and no epidural, I ended up going down to theatre for a spinal um, because I found it so intolerable being checked. I just found that really, really painful. Um, so I went down, I got, I did skin to skin with Juno first. Uh, I think, I don't think we named her at that stage, um, but we did, I did loads of skin to skin. She had a feed, so I had a good hour with her. And then I passed her over to Mark and he popped her under his t-shirt to do skin to skin. And I went down, I got a spinal and they checked me and actually I had a pretty grand, as suspected, I had a, a pretty okay tear um, that only required a little, a little bit of stitching. And, but at that stage I was so tender. I was like, just, I don't care now at this stage, yeah. baby's out, you know, um, just, I don't want to feel it. Um, came back up and gave her another feed and I remember then I had like the tea and toast and we kind of caught our breath and we decided to to give her her name and uh yeah her name really suits how she was born as well because Juno is the goddess of childbirth so we had it in our heads and then Mark was like we can't call her anything else like she has yeah. to be called Juno yeah and your most recent pregnancy is little boy am I correct yeah little boy Bill yeah so and that was a house pregnancy Homebirth. Oh, was homebirth. I didn't know you had yeah, homebirth. homebirth. I got my homebirth in the end. Yeah. Pregnancy was good. Quoria was good. Um, again, pre- planned pregnancy. Very different this time because uh, my mom passed away two years ago. So it was, um, it, it was, there was a lot of different emotions in 
in his pregnancy, a lot of grief mixed up with it. So, um, but a lot of grief and a lot of joy is how I put it. So it was a different experience, you know, not having my mum, but um, lovely as well to be very close to my dad for it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, it was good. I was definitely sicker on Bill's pregnancy. De- it was definitely felt very different. I was much sicker, really awful nausea. I never got sick, but I was very nauseous all the time for a long time. I could only eat brown food for a long time, <laughs> longer than I care to remember. Yeah. Yeah. And so how did you find being pregnant then with the two little ones? Was that a struggle? Yeah, it was okay. Um, because the two of them were in school, well, they weren't really. So the summer was intense. It was hot um, and the two of them were off. So yeah, it was, I found, you know, like in the afternoons, I, I, TV was my friend and I'd stick on the TV and I would fall asleep on the couch. Yeah. Um, and they'd be delighted, like sitting there watching the TV. So yeah, the energy levels were definitely lower. Um, which was challenging but yeah it was grand like it wasn't I suppose my first rodeo it wasn't completely unfamiliar territory so it was just you know just get on with it and do what I get you know do what I could when I could so yeah so how did you go about the home birth route yeah so I knew that I didn't fall into the 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 locale for um, my hospital's home birth midwives um, and then like other factors as well kind of ruled me out so I knew the private midwives a few of my friends had had births with private midwives and had very ex- good experiences so as soon as I got pregnant I rang uh, I rang Gail I, I got in contact with my midwife um, <clears throat> so I think I met her maybe at around six or seven weeks so from the get-go I knew that I really wanted a home birth and Mark really um, was very supportive of that too. I think the fact that we'd had a baby in the car it was kind of a no-brainer for the two of us so we met her and kind of got the ball rolling from there. Gail was amazing and she just even like I remember the first night she came out to our house and our dog fell in love with her. She fell in love with our dog and we were like yeah she's the midwife for us like it was just it was lovely yeah. So did you still have to go into the hospital, obviously, for your 12 and 20 weeks scan? Yeah, so I chose um, not to start my care until 36 weeks. So I chose to just continue going into the coom as a public patient. Uh, So I did all of that. um, And yeah, it was fine. It was a different kind of experience. Uh, this time round I had more weight on me this time round I had put on weight um, I suppose after my mom had died and stuff and I, fe- I felt that at my appointments um, I had some comments that were from registrars and stuff which weren't uh, weren't great to be honest with you and that regarding your weight regarding my weight and the home birth so it was kind of like oh you're having a home birth um but who who are you having a home birth birth with? Because you're BMI, and I was like, uh, I'm private midwives, and they're like, oh, oh right, I didn't know that they took people. You know, it was that kind of like, mm. didn't know they did. You know, home births with people who had extra weight in them. Um, so that was <laughs> that was uh, not very pleasant. No. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I had a couple, and I, the, my first experience in the coom was very very positive, but I. I think my first appointment with a registrar there, he was like, 
oh yeah, great. Like it's a no brainer. Why wouldn't you have a home birth? You've had a baby in the car. Yeah. <laughs> it's a safer <laughs> thing to do. Um, and then the other interactions I had was like, oh yeah, but you're, you're BMI and yeah, but would you not consider? And I was like, yeah, but I, otherwise I'm healthy. Like I've no, nothing else going again. Yeah. If I need to come into hospital, come into hospital. Like I'm not anti-hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like towards the end of the pregnancy. So I, up until 36 weeks, I was in and out of the hospital. And then at 36 weeks, I was like, yes, brilliant. Gail is going to take over. And I really started getting the stuff ready. And on her first visit to us, my blood pressure shot up. <laughs> I was like, what? And I have a history of kind of low blood pressure. So I, it was a real boat out of the blue. Um, and unfortunately, her blood pressure monitor happened to break at the same time. So she was like, listen, I don't know if I'm getting a false reading here. Um, but I'm not happy with the reading that I just got. So she was like, I need you to go down to your GP and get your blood pressure checked. So I went down to the GP and they were like, no, your blood pressure is through the roof. You need to go into hospital. And I was like, oh my God, no, my, like my, my midwife has just taken over my care. This is not happening. So I ended up going into hospital and um, I was, I was kept in. <laughs> for um for a few nights so I had just oh kind of started God. to plan the all the home birth stuff I'd got starting to get to get everything together and suddenly I was faced with not having the home birth um and it was a real shock it was a real shock to me because I'd had such straightforward pregnancies to, to up until that point um, and on when I when I went in with the blood pressure uh, the doctor who who kind of I suppose admitted me or was doing my checks uh, said you know I just need to I need to check your blood pressure again I need to give you she said I need to give you an internal with this kind of sweeping finger motion <laughs> and I need to I think it was something like do bloods or something like that. I can't remember the other thing and I said no problem checking my blood pressure no problem checking my bloods why do you need to do an internal? I'm 37 weeks pregnant. Is there a reason why you need to do that? And she said, well, um, no, but it's just good for me to know. And I said, good, good for you to know what? And she said, well, and I said, are you talking about doing a sweep? And she said, yeah. And I said, I'm going to decline that offer at the moment. Thanks. And she was like, oh, okay. <laughs> that's fine um, and she was really shocked and she left and I was shaking and Mark was like how did you know she was talking about doing a sweep and I said because she did that motion with her hand yeah. um, and he was like Jesus Christ I would not have known that she was talking about that and I was like well neither would I have only I just did a bit of study on it she she really changed her tune after I said that and she was very respectful of everything um, and then I was admitted I was kept in for two nights I think my blood pressure stabilized really quickly and everybody I met like every like medical person I met over those two days were like are you the lady that's having the home birth oh you'll be fine and they were so positive about it they were like once your blood pressure is controlled you'll be fine sure your midwife won't take any risks with you and they were just I was expecting like, that's it, you know, no home birth for you, but everybody was so positive about it. Good, yeah. uh, so I got out of hospital um, and 
everything kind of, I was like, right, okay, let's continue on planning for this home birth. Um, and then I had to, as part of, you know, my care with the coom, the, the doctor who I had been with had recommended a later kind of term scan just to check fluid levels and things like that. Um, so I went in for the scan and they discovered that I had, they thought that I had a bit more water than they would have liked me to have. So it's called polyhydramnios, I think. Um, and there was kind of, suddenly there were queries about that. So did, was there too much water around the baby? Um, and apparently when that happens, you can, if you go into spontaneous labor, you run the risk of baby, you know, an arm coming first or, okay. uh, you know, baby cord getting into collapse. a funny, yeah. cord prolapse, exactly. Uh, baby getting into a funny position. Uh, so there was queries about that. So went, it was, that was upsetting. Like the thoughts of that, I was like, God, another hurdle now. Like this yeah. is, you know, I don't, I don't think this is going to happen for me. I really didn't think it was going to happen. Um, and I went back in then for another scan with um Deirdre Murphy and then she said listen can I just give you an internal can I just check to see where the baby's head is and I was like that's fine please don't try to induce me please don't give me a sleep I don't want that and she was like that's absolutely fine I'm not I'm literally gonna pop a finger and see can I move the baby's head and just to check if the baby's head is good and fixed she gave me a really quick internal she was like that baby's head is not going anywhere it's fixed. I am very confident that it's not going to move. Um, I think you're going to have a really successful home birth. Good luck. I hope I never see you again. Came home. Everything was fine. Gung ho. Had started having my regular checks with my midwife. She was so reassuring. She went through everything with us. Um, talked us through, you know, the eventuality of a very quick birth. And I was like, listen, I have long labours for quick births. Like, I don't think I'm going to have, a re, you know, one of those really spontaneous births. That was it. What was your first signs then? Were they similar to the girls? Very same as Juno. So literally down to the same timing, opened my eyes, eight o'clock in the morning, had a labor pain. I was like, okay, this is happening. Um, and I had, because of all the, the upset in the build up to Bill's arrival, I had, I was really all over the place. But a few nights before I went into labor, I sat down and Mark, I told Mark my dream birth story. So I was like, it's going to be like Juno's birth, but obviously without the M50 element. And I was like, I'm going to wake up in the morning. I'm going to know I'm in labor. I'm going to bring the girls to school. I just, I, I started playing this mind movie. And that's literally how it happened, Cora. It's, it's amazing. And um, so I woke up, had, had a little surge, was like, okay, this is happening. Uh, told Mark uh got the girls up gave them their breakfast got had had a shower put on my makeup got dressed uh we brought the girls to school and i really wanted to be able to do that i didn't want that like rush in the middle of the night kind of thing or didn't want any of that and it was lovely to be able to bring them to school and then we decided to go for breakfast so we went to our local uh, favorite place for breakfast and it was really funny because like we it was a really stormy morning and 
uh, went in and a few of my neighbors are having breakfast there and they were like oh no sign of that baby and I they're like in labor <laughs> going no, no. No, I don't, it no I don't know when it's gonna come and like it was lovely kind of being like oh you know I know I'm in labor and um so we had our breakfast and at a few stages now during the breakfast I was kind of like oh God, I could tell, will you tell the waitress to come back in a minute? I'm not going to be able to talk. So the surges were definitely, you know, they were there. Um, so then we, we left there. We went, decided to go to Dunn's because sure, I needed a bit of shopping in. I need to get biscuits for my midwife and, you know, silly things. But it was brilliant because it kept me moving. Um, went to Dunn's, had a little wander around Dunn's. And the, at that stage, the surges kind of eased off a bit. And I was like, that's, that's fine. Um, and I'd rung my dad. I'd asked my dad to collect the girls from school, which was great. And he, we went home and dad arrived. So funny. Dad arrived to collect the car seats. And I've never seen a man want to get away from somebody so fast. He was like, where's the car seats? Okay, good luck. <laughs> I was like, dad, I'm not going to have the baby now. Like, I'm not going to give birth. And he was like, yeah, okay, good luck. It's really funny. I actually, I think dad thought that I was going to like literally squat on the floor in front of him. And <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm fine. You know, I'm going to have my lunch now. I, when we bought our house, when we first viewed our house, I was like, that's the room I'm going to give birth to mm. in our next baby. I just knew that it, it was a perfect space. And he had like all fairy lights up and my affirmations were up and it was just lovely and it was stormy outside and I pulled the blinds and it was just cozy and gorgeous. So I just sat there on the couch watching a bit of telly and then when I needed to, I started, I kind of hopped onto the birth ball and I started moving around on that. And Mark was like, will we give Gail a ring? And I was like, yeah, no, I think I'm fine. And he was like, will you just give her a ring, please? So I rang her and I was like, listen, I think I'm fine, but... I don't know what do you think and she was like well listen do you want me to just come and I can come and then I can go again if you feel like you don't need me and I was like yeah because I do have a history of misjudging these things so she was like okay I'll be there in an hour and if you need me sooner that's fine so she that was grand I think Mark was relieved that he yeah. she was on her way as well um, so she arrived and I had asked her not to give me any internals because I really felt that I felt that on Annie they were misleading and I felt that they really um, messed with my head okay. and I you know I feel like well for me anyway they're just a number and they don't give an accurate picture of what's going on and she was okay with that and she was like that's fine there's loads of other ways that I can tell that you're things are progressing and it was very chilled out and uh I think at around eight o'clock I rang I facetimed my brother who had my girls and they were fine they're in their jammies they were going to bed and I was like okay they're fine and that's when things kind of started to kick off yeah yeah once I knew that they were in bed they were gone to bed and they were safe they were fine I I kind of I, I suppose my body just relaxed Mm -hmm. uh, so I started properly going into labor I think active labor at that point and I started to need to move around so I did a bit of like walking to and from the loo sitting on the loo um, coming back into the kitchen leaning over our worktop uh, a lot of breathing a very very focused breathing I just really relied on that and I, I knew I had the tens I had all the other kind of tools but I didn't need anything at that stage um, and at one stage I I had a bit of a wobble 
and I, I had Mark well versed on the whole if I do the whole I can't do this you know it's time and he was like okay and I had a bit of a moment of oh I can't do it I just I can't do it and he was like Gail I think she needs to get into the pool <laughs> and I was like you know he's, great, I don't. He? <laughs> he's brilliant like yeah. so rece- receptive and responsive and um I was like, no, I was like, I think I'm just in my head. I was like, I think I'm just saying that because I'm wishing I'm further along than I actually am. Um, I'm hoping I'm at transition, but I'm not. I'm definitely not. And he was like, Jen, I think you need, I do think you need to get into the pool now. And Gail was like, I think you're okay. What do you think? And I was like, yeah, I think I've ages to go yet. Um, and then I think I made a few kind of low moany kind of noises. And Mark was like, get into the pool please just listen to me get into the pool and I was like okay fine I'll get into the pool so I got into the pool and oh my god it was so good like my I didn't realize how cold my feet were I got in I was like oh my feet were so cold and Gail was like yeah no that's common and I knew that that's a thing in labor but I just didn't feel my feet obviously because they were numb with the coldness um got in and uh, now down in the pool, it was heavenly. And I was like, oh, I'm pushing. Okay, I'm pushing um, straight away. So Mark like read me like a book. Um, so I was pushing at that stage. Gail had called the second midwife a little bit earlier, um, which very much reassured me. So, cause I was like, yeah, she's not gonna call the second midwife until she knows I'm definitely in labor. Like this is a really good sign on Bill. I was so relaxed and so present that I felt every bit of it and um it was just it was sure you know yourself that pushing sensation it is completely involuntary it's a reflex um and it was really intense I was getting little breaks in between and I just like completely flop over the side of the pool like relax my head breathe and I was so conscious of not dreading the next one. I was so conscious of that. It was just like, enjoy the rest while you can get them. It was just massively intense. And uh, I, Gail, I remember saying to Gail at one stage, can you see anything? Can you see anything? And she was like, just loads of waters. I can see loads and loads of bulging waters. And Mark was holding my hands. And at that point I remember being like let go of my hands because he was squeezing my hands so tight he was obviously like so enthralled in the emotion yeah. of it then I could feel that burning I could feel that ring of fire that they talked about and I was like yes thank god this baby's head is coming and that for me is a real like it's a massively intense feeling but it's also a yes this baby is nearly here a moment it's and I remember saying I don't know what to do just tell me what to do and she kind of whispered in my ear just smile just smile your baby out Jen just smile your baby out and at that stage I was so desperate like not desperate but I was just so willing to do whatever anybody told me that I was like okay I don't feel like smiling but I will smile and I smiled and his head was born and I she was like just smile just smile your baby out and I just smiled and his body came then in the next surge oh, I love goosebumps uh, yeah <laughs> and it was lovely and then um, I remember kind of kneeling up and going 
oh, I'm so glad I never have to do that again. <laughs> um, and Gail kind of passed, passed him between my legs. And uh, I remember kind of, I remember her saying, you know, just when I give you the baby, just bring the baby up. You know, not don't yank him up, but bring him up. Um, and I, as I kind of grabbed him, I felt something between his legs and I was like, oh, I think I feel something. I think it's a, I think it's a boy. So that was even before I'd seen his face. I felt, I felt it. And yeah, um, cool. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of brought him up and his cord was quite short. So I could only kind of bring his head up above the water. Um, and I, I, it was just, it was incredible. It was shock. It was I can't believe I just did that. It was, I I'm so happy I don't have to do that again. Um, it was, that was so intense. It was, I can't believe it's a boy. I was fully convinced we were having another girl. Um, and it was, yeah, it was really amazing. amazing. Yeah, it sounds shock. amazing. A lot yeah. of shock, a lot of shock yeah. um, when he came. Um, but yeah, it was incredible. If you'd like to share your story, you can pop me an email to irelandsbirthstories at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram under irelandsbirthstories. I look forward to bringing you another episode tomorrow. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.